0: in today's show i'm looking at all of the games for saturday in the nba michael bolton thanks josh it's michael bolton here and it's time for another episode of the locked on fantasy basketball podcast let's get to it let's get to it indeed you are locked on fantasy basketball your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the locked on podcast network Hello and welcome to the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked on fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked on Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Here we are to look ahead to the six games in the NBA on Saturday, including some streaming options. First game is Celtics going to take on the Pelicans. Saying Celtics like that sounded weird. The Celtics or Boston. Josh, get it right. So they're the Boston Celtics, so that's better as well. Boston is going to take on the Pelicans. It is a back-to-back for Boston, so we'll get a little bit more information from Friday's game against the Hawks, but they're healthy. Apart from Bol Bol, who, again, has never played for them and probably never will, they're healthy. So what are we going to see? What's Dennis Schroeder's minutes going to look like? He has totaled 38 minutes in the last two games, albeit 29-point victory, and 53-point victory. Um, but he's just basically playing as a backup to Marcus Smart. 20-minute-a-night Dennis Schroeder, not worth holding. People have a love of holding onto Schroeder as much as they do of Andre Drummond. But if someone's a backup and he's playing those minutes and he's just waiting for an injury to happen, it's really not a great way to... Rob Williams has been playing really well. Had that weird lull earlier in the season or middle of the season, crushing it now real possibility of a top 30 finish for him not as high in points leagues of course because his large impact in blocks and field goal percentage is muted in most scoring systems but he's still a really valuable player and it's why often you just have to look at guys and you understand there's going to be some dips and you you're curious as to why the minutes are low and you say well yeah that sort of upside doesn't really grow on trees so we've got to hold on to a guy like rob williams and it's a very different scenario than holding on to a dennis schroeder but rob williams looking good for the Pelicans, it is a back-to-back for them as well. bunch of guys injured for, on the injury report for Friday. Josh Hart, Valanchunas, and Ingram. They're all questionable. We don't know if they're going to play. Ingram has already missed two games after he got injured last Thursday, the 20th. Um, missed some of that game, and then missed Monday's game, missed Tuesday's game. He's questionable for Friday. We don't know if he'll play on Saturday. Of course, when these guys are out, it opens up minutes for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It opens up minutes for some reason for Garrett Temple. Um, there was a great article think by Jackson Frank today about Herb Jones, and he, in, he illustrated how important Garrett Temple was to Herb Jones' development. And that is, that, that is why he gets minutes. It's because he's a great bloke off the court, a great development guy. He's actually a horrifically bad, negative NBA player on the court, but he gets rewarded with these minutes because of the development he has. And that's really valuable. Having that development is really valuable. Unfortunately, playing those guys on the court is just a gigantic detriment to your team winning games. And, you know, how do you how do you get a player, I guess, to buy into being, hey, can you be the best bloke in the world, develop all these guys, be almost like an assistant coach who's not a coach, but we're not going to play her? It's a hard balance to run, but teams have to do it, really. like And players need to accept that that's what the value they bring is rather than getting rewarded charity minutes because of uh, good bloke stuff off the court. Anyway, enough of a rant on that. Also, you want to watch to see where the Valanciunas is going to play. Billy Hernan Gomez, Jackson Hayes. They started Billy last game. He played 30 minutes and put up a big game. Even though Hayes has taken the backup role over Hernan Gomez. It's one of those things that, again, frustrates me. Like, why do you Why do you go from not playing literally at all in the three weeks prior to starting and playing 30 minutes for Hernan Gomez versus a guy who's been working as the backup, working as the backup, working as the backup, playing well as the backup, also working as the backup? And then you say, just stay as the backup, mate, and we'll get this other guy who's not good enough to play every other night to play over you. Pretty frustrating. Um, it would be frustrating if I was Jackson Hayes. Now he's done some dumb shit uh, at times. Maybe he's done. I don't know. I'm talking too much about this game, but we're going to watch to see what happens at that center rotation spot. If in fact Valanciunas is out, the Pacers and the Mavericks. We want to see whether we're getting Demontis Sabonis back. He's questionable for Friday. If he doesn't play Friday, I imagine he plays Saturday. Um, we're not going to have Miles Turner. We're not going to have Brogdon. We're not going to have Warren. But I, I do urge caution. Is Rick Carlisle coming out and saying, oh, it's great news, man. Miles Turner. It's great news. TJ Warren. Yeah, they're really playing well." Yeah, this is a guy that said it. We're like ten weeks removed from that, so he doesn't have the most transparent history of being forthright in terms of injury timetables for his players. Just just be aware of that. He can come out and say whatever he wants. Yeah, cool. No, nah. um, so Sabonis. Yeah, if he plays, obviously the Badadze value drops the um, Isaiah Jackson Ishae Brissett all those guys value drops everyone's dropped because Sabonis comes in and and takes a chunk of usage as well also want to watch Chris Duarte, who is starting but what's he doing that's good last two games have been pretty poor 27 and uh, 22 minutes Um, he will continue to start without Brogdon I imagine but at this point he's just like a theoretical must hold he's a guy you must hold and I don't think you should be dropping him but the numbers don't back it up and this is why Brogden is out. And this is like, okay, we've got to hold him assuming Brogdon doesn't play again. Assuming Levert gets traded. Um some people have an issue with the way I say assume, apparently. There's no H in there, Josh. Can't say assume. Gotta say assume. Cool. I don't know. I don't know why I'm bringing that up now. I'm just extra spicy this morning. Anyway, as for Duarte, yeah, you hold him. But it's not it's not looking great, I think is how I would phrase it. For the Mavericks. Maxi Kleber, I think he's going to start the majority of this season. We'll talk about this later, but it's a back-to-back for the Mavericks on the Saturday-Sunday, the only team who has that combination. And Kleber can come in and literally five blocks over two games. That's a possibility. Five blocks, five threes he could give you. He might give you one block and one three over two games, but he might give you five and five. He might not do much else. But again, when you're using a waiver ad, you get 54 minutes of action from one ad, five blocks, five threes, 20 points, fifteen rebounds. It's a pretty useful addition. And we want to watch Kleber to see whether he can I don't think he can establish twelve team value outright. I don't think he can do that. But there's enough there to get excited about. And with Tim Hardaway out, can Josh Green step up and be the guy who starts to, to develop into that role. Not not the same role, but more into the minutes role that Hardaway is leaving vacant. I don't know that he will, but I want to watch to see what that um what that looks like. BetOnline also wants to wish you a happy new betting year. And you know what? And I've just said that, and they've changed the actual ad on me. So they've wished you a happy new year, but they said, Sc- screw that, January is done. So they're saying there's less football being played now, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scored totals, players, performance props, when the next coach is getting fired. Wow, is that going to happen? Um, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Also, by the way, it's an NBA podcast, BetOnline, so maybe you bet on some NBA stuff as well. With the new year comes an updated desktop and mobile site. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. And it's not just football. There you go. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Hashtag BITB. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Ah, they're mixing it up here. BetOnline is where the game starts. NBA trade deadline is coming up, February the 10th, Thursday, 3 p.m. So we've got a live show locked on NBA from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on that day. Join host Kim Becker, Johnny Corrales, the big fella. And the other big fella, me, Josh Lloyd, hosting the show, getting the analysis of every blockbuster move. We'll be doing real-life implications. I'll also be in there chucking in my opinions, real-life, but also fantasy-wise, as it happens. So go to the Locked on NBA YouTube channel, subscribe. Flick all of our collective ding bells so you know that when we go live and be there to join us for the live show. It's going to be sick. All right, next game. Kings, Sixers. Budrick Heald. Is this guy actually good or not? I... I I don't think he's particularly good, but sometimes he'll have good games. Sometimes he'll have bad games. But without Terrence Davis, they need him to have good games. Will he? I don't know. Darren Fox remains questionable for this game. Heald has a real opportunity. He'll probably fart on it, but there's a chance that he could do something good. And I also want to watch Rashawn Holmes. If I was the Kings, and I was taking control of them in 2K, Barnes is gone. Heald is gone. Holmes is gone. Just get assets. I I like Rashawn Holmes, but trade all these guys away. I, that's what I'd be doing. Whether they do that or not in the next two weeks remains to be seen. Holmes is starting to find form again, which is great if you held through some of those lean patches. For the 76ers, I think Embiid might rip some arseholes here. Or he rests. He's played a lot of games in a row. This is an opportunity maybe to sit. Maybe it's time to stream in the big avocado. But if Embiid plays, it's going to be carnage. And then Tyrese Maxey, who is establishing himself genuinely as an NBA starting point guard. I think next year, we're looking at Maxi in his third NBA season as a top 60 probably fantasy player, I would guess, depending on what happens if James Harden arrives and things change pretty significantly for this team. But he's really establishing himself here, Maxi, and there's going to be ups and downs, but he's playing a ton of minutes, and he's producing relatively consistently. The Raptors and the Heat. Well, for Toronto, Fred Van Vliet is questionable. He's missed the last two with knee soreness. Wow, just one of those out-of-the-blue injuries we never could have seen coming. He could return for this game. Um, What does that do to the wiki, Chris Boucher, whose minutes have been fine, 30 and 29 the last two games, but the games before when they were healthy, 22 and 24, and that's still without the big tree. So I worry where Boucher fits. Is he an 18-minute-a-night guy when they're all healthy? They're not healthy, so it doesn't really matter at the moment, but it's more like, hey, if he plays 30 again here, sell high for a top 70. I try to do it. And then we're going to watch Gary Trent because he scored 32 points in back-to-back games on really good shooting numbers. Huge minutes, huge usage. Your sell-high window is open until Fred VanVleet returns because when VanVleet returns, Trent's usage goes down and they'll probably pair that with poor shooting and he'll look terrible. He'll have 12 points on 15 shots or something. But at the moment, he's crushing. So let's see what he can do in this game. And then for the Miami Heat, it is a back-to-back for them. Jimmy Butler, of course, is going to appear on the injury report. He's currently questionable for Friday. We don't expect Kyle Lowry to play. He could, but he's been out for a bloody long time for personal reasons. We don't know whether they're going to play. So there is an opportunity here for Caleb Martin to step up and be into an interesting role that could garner him at least 12-team stream value. Also, PJ Tucker, who's one of those guys, every team seems to have one. Doreen Finney-Smith, your Royce O'Neill. Those sort of blokes, Monty Morris even, who are, you know, the numbers will tell you they're the 150th best player over the last two weeks for fantasy, and then your league, Ross, and there's no upside. Jay is a great real-life player, who has obviously slipped because he's like 36 years of age, but he's, he's dropped off a bit. But the fantasy value, I wouldn't bother with him in 12-team leagues outside of streaming. In most cases, the Wizards and the Grizzlies. Ah, the Wizards. How are they going to recover after blowing a horrendous, horrendous loss against the Clippers? Will Wes Unseld Jr. decide that playing 15 blokes, exaggeration but only slightly, is the wrong decision? When will he understand? And he had this terrible quote. Now, I've been a defender of uh, Unseld for most of this season. But some of the stuff he's saying is is frustrating, I guess, for him as well, depending on where this direction is coming from. But he's like, oh, we've had to reintegrate two players who were starters last year back into our team and, you are know, finding the right roles. You don't have to play everybody. Your role as a coach is to play the right rotation. You don't have to say, well, Rui and Thomas started for us last year, therefore they must play. Or therefore the guys who played in their place must play. Like you don't have to keep playing um, Corey Kispert. You don't have to keep playing Hal Neto and at least he sort of kicked him out now. You don't actually have to play Montrez Harrell or Thomas Bryant or Dan Gafford for that matter. You don't have to play Rui Hachimura unless Tommy Shepard's going, you have to play those guys, which is a terrible dynamic. So we want to watch to see what happens with the tank, Tom Bryant. He he is the best fantasy player out of that group of centers for sure because he can score in big volume with high usage. He can hit threes. He can block shots. He can have high field goal percentage. His defense is, I think, a disaster. And... That limits his overall value as an, as an actual player, but what they decide to do with him, I don't know. It's going to be hard to get to 26 minutes a night, given they playing playing three centers, but we always want to watch every Wizards game to see if there's any inkling that the stupidity of their rotation... Also want to watch uh, Kyle Kuzma, who was playing obviously really well. He's still playing pretty well, but not quite to that same level that he was when everyone was out. And him establishing himself as a clearly better player than Rui Hachimura, that's, that wasn't really ever in doubt. My doubt with Kuzma at the start of the season was, this is before we knew that Hachimura wouldn't play for six years, um, was do the Wizards, who have loved Hachimura for the entire time of there and given him complete entitlement minutes for two years, would they um, limit Rui to play Kuzma? And with the way that circumstances went this season, they had to play Kuzma. He's played so well that they can't take those minutes completely off him. Will they ever fade back towards him? For the Grizzlies, back-to-back here for Memphis. I want to watch Jaron Jackson, who we had this issue with Jaron a little bit with him failing to produce alongside Ja Morant. I think that's sort of done now. He's putting up pretty strong games next to Morant, which is obviously really sexy. And then Des Bain, who made his first game back on Wednesday. Um, Good game here for him against uh, against the Wizards. Good opportunity for him. And we just hope he can continue where he left off. And I'm pretty confident that he will. I'm also pretty confident that Bilt Bar is going to be the best tasting protein bar you ever have. Why wouldn't it be? It tastes like a candy bar. And candy bars, they're garbage. Get them out of here. They're too many calories, too much fat, too much sugar. Whereas Bilt Bar, it's low in those things. But it's high in protein and it's absolutely high in DI, the deliciousness index. The best thing about Bilt Bar is not the taste, because that's awesome. It's not the low calories. That's awesome as well. It's the just variety of flavors. And they're chucking out special editions all the time. Built Bar needs to get themselves an app like the BLT app or something for limited edition drops. You get into a raffle in there because they're so, they're so limited edition, these flavors. So go to built.com, use the promo code locked15 L O C K E D 15 and get 15% off. Built Bar is built different. Let's go to the next game Nets Warriors. Um, yes, Kyrie Irving is allowed to play in San Francisco. He will return to action in this game. Jim Harden is playing as well. So the little value bump we got for Pat Mills, the big value bump we got for Cam Thomas last game, it's done. Are they going to run the three-center rotation again? Joining the likes of the Clippers and the Wizards who do my headed with not understanding how to run a center rotation? Maybe. What does that mean for Aldridge, for Claxton, for Dayron Sharp? Sharpie started last game and played 11 minutes and then he missed the game on Wednesday. But he should be returning. Um... We should have Claxon and Aldridge there. So how does the rotation look? That is a really key thing. I think it's going to be too muddled to have Claxon and Aldridge as absolute must-roster guys. You can have them, no problem, but there'll be ups and downs all over the place, which makes them really fringy sort of players. For the Warriors, last two games have been really, really, really positive for Jordan Poole, playing along um, Clay Thompson, which he'd struggled to do. The minutes are still in that 24-25 range, which is fine but he's getting good usage and he's hitting his shots. He's like a fringe, He's moved from a top 70 guy to a fringe 12-team league guy who can be dropped if you need to. And then also Otto Porter, who's got the locked position there at starting power forward in place of Draymond. I don't think Kaminga's taking that anytime soon. Um, Porter's a little bit up and down. He, again, he's like that aldridge Claxton sort of range of player where it's fine to stream them in. It's fine to have them. It's also... Let's look at some back-to-back streams. We're looking at just Dallas players here. Kleber. And then you got Dwight Powell, Reggie Block, and Joshie Green, who are options to get the two-for-one price point in there. Your nine-cat guys for Saturday, Caldwell Pope, Kessler Edwards, PJ Tucker and Maxi Kleber, Johnny Conchar, Tory Craig, Denny Avdia, Grant Williams, Danny Green, and the doctor, Gary Payton. Deeper Leagues, all of those same names apply. Add in Jackson Hayes, O'Shea Brissett, Joshie Richardson, Damian Lee, Dwayne Dedman, Dwight Powell, Damian Jones, a lot of Ds there. DeAndre Bembry, another D. Love the D. Josh Green and Corey Kispert. And then four points leagues. Brandon Clark, Otto Porter, Dorian Finney-Smith, Marvin Bagley, Nick Claxton, Justin Holiday, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, PJ Tucker, Davion Mitchell, and Muxie Kleber. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. One, two, three thumbs up the middle. Bells, rung, subscribe button, hit, comments, write whatever. Josh, I love your purple shirt. I wish you could romance me. Write whatever in the comments. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.